welcome back to another episode of Shot and Chop. I am your host, Josh Cannon, and today we are going to chop it up. All right, everybody out there listening, welcome back to another episode of Shot and Chop. Today is actually a special episode because this is the first time I actually have a Zoom guest. So my guest is not physically here with me, but she's looking at me. I'm looking at her. We're going to introduce her shortly and you guys get to get to know her. And if you've been following Shot and Chop and Candid Productions, you know that we just recently did this same episode on the live version of Shot and Chop on my Instagram that I host every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into the episode. So I want to introduce my guest, Miss Monica. She is the owner and founder of Twisted Intimacy. So this conversation is going to get a little juicy today. So I hope everybody's paying attention. Um, nobody gets offended. We're not going to step on any toes today. But the topic that we're going to talk about is intimacy and sensuality. So without further ado, I would love to introduce my guest today, Miss Monica. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Like uh, Josh said, my name is Monica. I am the owner and founder of Twisted Intimacy. However, I also am, I have my hands in other pockets of things as well. Um, I own a crochet business called Things Crochet and Designs. And I also own, well, I'm part owner of another company called Mr. J Gaming, which um, that's pretty fun. We make fun conversationalist drinking games. So I got my hands in a lot of things. Plus I have a full-time job. So, uh, but I, I like, I like investing in the things that I'm interested in. I think that that's the best way to go about when you want to, you know, uh, make money, you have to have fun with it. You have to have some sort of drive for it. So that everything that I'm a business owner of, like it's part of what I'm interested in. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so how did it come about that you started? Let's just talk about your twisted intimacy business. Cause I know you, you wear a lot of hats and that's okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, but specifically talking about that one first, how did that business come about and where did it come from? Yeah. So that business was actually born in like the midst of the lockdown, um, back in 2020, uh, you know, everybody was in the house and like you had a choice. I, I feel like 2020 being in that lockdown, you had a choice of staying where you are or growing and healing. And I chose to grow and heal. And what I found was that the longer that I was with myself and and started to really ask myself certain questions, the more I realized that I I, I chose me over a lot of things. And by choosing me, I was able to actually find like what I was really interested in when it came to like self-care, just wanting to be more flexible, wanting to just learn more information. And then like, it just hit me one day when I was in a private yoga class that I was doing. And I had looked at the owner and I was like, I got an idea because I was also, so as I was like getting to know myself, self-care, doing all those things, taking my yoga classes, becoming more flexible. I also was, uh, I attended so many pure romance parties. I ended up becoming a pure romance consultant. Okay. What is, what is pure romance? I've never heard of that one before. Oh yeah. So pure romance is think of like a self, uh, self-care, uh, self-body, sexual health. Uh, they sell sex toys as well, but it's more of like a wellness type of company, oh, okay. uh, especially right now. Yeah. So, gotcha. yeah. So, um, I had, I've been to so many pure romance parties that the, the, my higher up was like, Hey, do you just want to become a consultant? Because you buy everything anyway. So, um, I started, I, I got into that and then, you know, just, I started learning more about like sexual health and things of that nature. And then from there, like I said, I was in my yoga class, got the idea for twisted intimacy. And then that's how that was born. And the way that it, it was then it's definitely been rebranded now. And I, I wanted to share like the steps that I've taken in order to love myself more, to be more confident and to just just to help people 
in a way that makes sense to me. Because, you know, you have a lot of people out there that are like, oh, well, you could do this in 30 days or take this course, do this, do that, do this. And it's just like, you have like so many people, like they're, they're trying to give you all this information, but they don't really tell you exactly what they did. It's, it's like, if you're going to, if you're, if you're going to charge money for, um, for people to buy into what you're selling, then at least like give them useful and helpful information. And that's what I like to do. Like I, a nickname people have, uh, given me is like being the plug for things because if you have a small business and or if you have um, a talent like I, I stay and and I don't do this um, for recognition or anything, like but I just stay plugging people if I know that their services can help somebody so that's that's the model that I've taken with Swiss Intimacy right now it's all about building your your intimacy journey and pretty much what that even means because some people are like what this freaky journey. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Cause people so, have the wrong perception of what intimacy and sensuality is. So they just assume yeah. that it's just, you know, the freaky and like the actual physical side of it. Yeah. And which it's not. So with intimacy, the way that I like to define it is being vulnerable or your vulnerability. So when you think of it like that, you think of um, it cause it's not just about self care. You know, going to the spa, getting your nails done, getting your hair done, doing that stuff. That's that that is definitely needed. Oh, trust me when I say that is needed. But that is not all what an intimacy journey or even a true self-care journey, if you want to take it further for that. That's not what that's about. If you really want to start taking care of yourself, you have to start facing your inner self. And a lot of people are scared to do that. So with the intimacy journey, you have to get to know yourself. You have to to be very honest with yourself and say, what do I like? What are my needs and what are my desires? And I help people with that because I'm not I'm not scared to to talk about um, certain things. And because I'm providing this type of safe environment, it's that's where I feel like a lot of the healing is going to come from because we can't sit there and assume that everybody wants the same things or likes the same things. And that's not true. And a lot of times in our society it has programmed us to believe that, you know, the only things that can make us happy in life is to go to college, get married, have babies, fight with your partner, make up, fight again, make up, fight again like and then die and right. it's like right <laughs> like, it's, yeah that, that's definitely what they teach you in schools which is crazy because there's more to life than just that way more yeah that. yeah and I, that's why i want to like really shift i want to shift the way we communicate with each other i want to shift the way that we are able to live our lives like authentically because if we just try to conform to what our society says what our religion says what our parents says what our friends says like that's that's not being authentic and that's why you have a lot of miserable miserable people in this world i'm about to say something else <laughs> right <laughs> but, right so would you but, would you say that uh being in tune with your intimacy also is tying in with your confidence in a sense yeah because the more that you're able to be vulnerable with yourself and to really understand yourself, the more you learn to not give two shits what anybody else has to say about you. And you are able to really, really, truly live and be in your authentic self. And like I started to notice a lot of times when. When when you see competent people, they usually are people that you would you may define as being very quirky that that may be like the the people that if if you were to get them outside of you know their element they'll probably be the shy ones they'll they'll probably not really open up to you because like a they don't probably know you but you get a different version and I say quirky because the way we define quirkiness and and weirdness and things like that, I feel like we probably have to have to really start like creating more definitions of of what certain things are. So like 
the quirkiness, the weirdness. We call it weird and quirky because we don't understand what they may be doing or, or the subjects they may, be, they may be interested in. Yeah, that's I was just about to say that like quirky and weird. All that is really is just somebody that operates differently from the norm, the crowd. They mm-hmm. have their own sense of identity and their confidence allows them to exhibit that. So therefore we see it or not we people that are in tune with different types of people are understanding, but the general population see it as weird because it's not like the general population. Right. Right. And that's where, that's where I come in. Like when, when you, when you fully embrace your, your, your weirdness, your quirkiness, you really embrace who you are. Like I say, you don't give two shits what anybody else has to say. That's what made, and that starts to be what makes you stand out from the crowd. But also too, it's not just about confidence, right? Cause you can be confident and be negative as well. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> you Your know? confidence isn't always a good thing. It's just part of yeah. the equation. Yeah. So when it comes to intimacy, you have to think of not only being confident in yourself, but you have to trust yourself and you have to learn how to communicate with other people. And I mean, you can, if you want to tackle self, I mean, even communicate with yourself, but a lot of times, like I said, it's hard for us to be vulnerable with ourselves. So we don't know, we don't know what our triggers can be. We don't know what, what to expect from other people. Like a lot of our expectations, especially when it comes to friends and relationships and partners and all of that. It's, it's from what society says and not really for what we want. So like, I know for me, a lot of times I have placed expectations onto other people. And I did that because I assumed that their expectations were the same as mine. When it came, let's talk about friendships. When it, when it came to friendships, like our expectations were the same. And a lot of times they weren't. And I've had to let go of a lot of friends or not want to continue friendships or even um, try to rekindle friendships with people because I did not. It, it's, 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 it comes to the point where it's just like, if we're not aligned in our values, if you're doing something all the time where I'm just like, I'm not participating in that, I'm still going to be your friend, but I'm not participating in that. It's just like, I'm not being authentic to myself now because I'm clearly condoning some behaviors that I don't necessarily do. And how can I say that we have a balanced friendship when you may be doing something that's just like not what your friend is, that's not part of their values, you know? Right. But And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having different values. Like you may prioritize or value something different from me. And if our friendship is built on the connection that we have individually or the experiences or the relationship we have, your values, they don't have to always intertwine. And then they don't always you don't have to cross those boundaries. And I feel personally like being able to respect each other's boundaries is important, too. And that's what makes right. a friendship last. Right, right, right. But that's the thing. Um, I'm glad you brought up boundaries. Like, yeah, boundaries are a big thing that um, that I teach about as well. And and I teach from experience or or from extensive research into something. I I don't like to teach from places of like, oh, I just saw this word and now I'm going to preach about it. Nah, like usually when I talk about a situation, it's like the things that I've been through. And that's what makes teaching about like the intimacy journey and bringing up because it brings upon like healing, but it helps people in different aspects of their lives. Like I said, you learn how to communicate, you learn how to heal from within because you don't attract what you want. You attract what you are. So a lot of times, like some people may say, well, I do all the good things in the world. Why does the, why, why are bad things always happening to me? And usually it's tied to some, it's tied to something within you that is allowing things to be attracted to you. So we do a lot of work work um, in my classes and just like, even when I was doing parties and stuff like that, you, you will be very surprised at how much people open up about things that they have or may 
not have experience. Yeah. It's crazy. That was going to be my next question to you. Um, like if you could give us like a brief rundown on what are the things that you're doing in your classes to teach people about intimacy? Yeah. So with intimacy, I like to tackle it in three, <laughs> it's three pillars, if you will. So you have intimacy, which again, I define that as vulnerabilities. You have love, which I feel like with love, that's like the feeling and um, how you communicate. That's, that's where that lives. And then sensuality, that's all about how you express your love and your intimacy, right? And so with my classes, I like to tackle the intimacy and sensuality in two different ways. So intimacy, I like to tackle that with my uh, 1.0 liquid motion class. So with that, it's all about like really getting in tune with your body, um, moving your body with intention, really uh, falling in love with of what you see. And then with my Twisted Sensuality class, that's where I tackle sensual, um, sensuality, which like, again, um, it's how you, def how you express your love and your intimacy. So we do a lot of, um, well, A, we twerk in that class. Cause uh -oh. I feel like a lot of times, <laughs> I feel like a lot of times um, twerking and a lot of sensual movement is given a bad breath. And it's one of those things where it's like, when you do anything, you don't do it for other people. You do it for yourself. That's just how I am with it. But I do understand like the certain boundaries. Like for me, I if I'm at a party and I'm in a relationship, I'm probably just gonna be twerking with my man. I don't I, I don't consider twerking like with other people in the same light as a lot of people, because a lot of people are like, oh, it's just dancing. I'm like, oh nah, bro. Because for me, it's like you're opening up that sacral chakra. Your sacral chakra is right below your belly button, a couple of inches, but above your, um, but above your pelvis. If okay. that makes it. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I know a little bit about chakras. Not that deep, but I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you're moving that area, you're making um, a connection with people. But in my classes, we do every. This is more of a solo thing. So what you're doing is it's virtual. It's one of those things where it's like you can you can do the work uh, or you can watch. I mean, if you just want to watch, I have questions about the intentions because it's, that's that's not the intention of what I'm doing. It's more of an interactive course is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So I, I usually ask that your cameras be on so that you don't hurt yourself and you don't try to sue me because you're trying to follow something that I'm doing. <laughs> and if I can fix it, I'm a, I'm a help you fix it. So I usually ask for cameras to be on. I do record, but, but due to the nature of the classes, it's only reserved for the students. It's not necessarily for other people to come in and watch. And I do it that way because I'm going to get to the next class in a second, but it's all about privacy, giving you that safe space. Because even though for me as the instructor, it's one to many, for you as the student, it's one to one. And I want people to understand that, again, you have a safe space. If you have questions about something, you can ask that. No question is a stupid question. And I don't mind repeating myself only because I know with some things, it won't click. It, it won't come naturally. I get it. I was there. If I told you, 10 years ago, would I ever be a dance instructor? I probably would look at myself and say, no, but here I am. So, yeah. and, and has that helped you to open up, to be comfortable with that, to be able to share that experience with your, um, I guess your clients when they're in your classes. Yeah. 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 It actually shocks them when I told them, uh, I was told that I had no rhythm and I can't dance. And now look at me. <laughs> so, but it had I, I had to get comfortable in my own body in order for that to happen. Because I'm 5'10, I grew up in a around people that would make fun of my height, make fun of the clothes that I wore, make fun of the fact that I was skinnier than a lot of my peers. And it's just like when you internalize that, it can form in different ways. And 
a lot of times for me, I know that like, it's like, I was scared to dance in public. I, I just, I, because I don't like being made fun of. I don't, who likes being the butt of a joke? That's not cool. And honestly, if you, if, when people start joking like that, it's not a joke. Like yeah, there, that, there's some truth behind all of those yeah. quote unquote jokes or, oh, I was just, you know, playing, you know, it, it's some truth behind it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, and I teach about that as well. It's like we have to be careful of the words that we speak, because when we're not careful of the words that we speak, you know, you you may unintentionally hurt somebody's feelings to the point where they internalize that for years, even though it might have been a one off joke or one off comment you know, it can really affect people. So I know I'm, I try to be careful of the things that I say. And if I am joking with somebody, I'll probably let them know like 10 times. Like, look, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just, you know, like I, I definitely try to reemphasize that. Yeah. Not everybody has, has that awareness though. So I, we could be totally joking. And if we don't have that relationship established and you're a, a jokester by nature, that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm a jokester. And you're not like paying attention, like picking up on the cues, like how is that person reacting to it? Like, are they laughing? Or sometimes you might not even know. They may be laughing now and crying later. So you still have to be conscious of how you are communicating to people, like you said. Right, right. Yeah, it's, um, like I said, it's especially I've, I've noticed like in the black community, we tend to do that a lot. And even if you do bring it up to somebody, they'll, they'll, they'll be so adamant about, oh, I was just joking. I was just playing, can't you take a joke? But I could give a, actually I could give a really good example. In my previous relationship, my ex used to be a, um, a jokester, but it got to the point where it was like, the, the, the jokes became shots. He was taking shots at me a lot. And I, and I started to internalize some of that. And I remember I did bring it up and it was just like, Oh, you can't take a joke. You're so you're too serious, and you just need to laugh and and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, but that wasn't funny, you know? Like, yeah, and and people know that. Some people try to pass it off as a joke to see how far they can go with it or what they can get away with. And you being confident enough to say something about that is just as important. Yeah, and I like I said there, there are a lot of things and a lot of experiences that I talk about and I teach about. Because again, like, like you were mentioned, like a lot of people don't think about stuff like this and because they don't think about it and they're not aware, it's just like, how would they know? Right. So that's why I'm here. Like, I like to give, I I like to give uh, actual examples of things that I've been through or know, or personally, like I, I know of the situation and the outcome and I work to to really help people, you know, get in touch with that. And not to not to change people's personalities, because if you're a jokester, you're a jokester. However, if you know, you can joke and 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 not be negative with the joke. Or if because some people think they're jokesters, but usually they're they're internalizing some sort of trauma or pain. Mm. And the only way that they can That's deal with one. it. Yeah, that's true. a big one. Pro- projecting past drama, yes. trauma, not drama, trauma onto somebody else, and then try to pass it off as a joke. I, I get that one. Yes, yes, that's that's the part where I'm just like, yeah, um, I I know it's a, a lot of a lot of people do that. So that's again, that's something that I talk about. But uh, that's part of being vulnerable is is accepting the things that have that have happened, learning to forgive, and but not forget. And I think that's the part of forgiveness that's kind of hard, right? It's you're told that you have to forgive somebody for doing something to you. But the thing is, it's not saying forget what happened. It's saying to, to let go of that situation and this in in that energy and that experience. Because if you continue to hold on to it, it's going to keep you from not growing into the person that you can be. And trust me when I say I could, I've had several experiences where I it was it's very hard to forgive certain forgive people for certain things that they have done. However, I've learned that if you hold on to it, 
it's it's really going to eat away at you in a way that you won't even understand until years and years later. Absolutely, because that person may have hurt you in that moment five years later, two years later, six months later. Do you think they're still thinking about that? No, but because you're still holding on to that anger and that spite of that situation, they still have control over you. And mm-hmm. they've moved on. They're not, well, they may still be thinking about you or they may directly be doing that to have that control over you. But when you can, re- I, I totally agree with you because I've been through that too. Like when you can release that anger and like that spite, you're in a way better position and that person no longer has power over you in those situations. Right, right. Yeah. But again, uh, so the last class that I teach is called, um, it's my intimacy journey specialty class. And I, when I say we take deep dives into the intimacy journey and pretty much starting with self and then going like, of course we're going to go into like, um, cause I mainly teach to women or those that identify as women. And so of course do you wanna, allow men to come in? Like if a man wanted to be in touch with his intimacy, will he be able to come into your course? Not, no, not yet. Okay. Um, once I, well, let me wrap this part up and then I'll get into, I'll get into my, um, how, how we're going to address that one. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> I mean, Hey, I might be one to tap into my intimacy too. Look, you know, look, I might, look. can I join? Is it, is it okay? <laughs> and all the women just going to kick me out. Now my intimacy is shot, you know, now I feel. No, 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 that's <laughs> not, that's not, um, that's not what I, I want. Um, but yeah, so with the, with my, a lot of my, with most of my classes, it is, um, catered for women and those identify as women and we'll get into like, you know, touching your yoni, we'll get into like different, how to do different positions. And that's why I also use the sensual body movement courses for as well, the, the promotion and twist sensuality, because it's all about getting in touch with yourself. Right. Gotcha. So uh, that's like the three pillars. Now, for men and those that identify as men and for those that are uh, non-binary, here's my philosophy on how to address everything, especially men and those that identify as men. I I don't have a course yet for y'all. I was making one. I, I was getting it ready. But I had to, I have to come at this a little bit differently than I do my current coursework, coursework right now because of the amount of maturity that a lot of men have when it comes to intimacy because they automatically, they automatically say that it's sex. And because they say that it's sex and I am a very beautiful woman and they think that I am the freakiest of freaks. So I've gotten unsolicited dick pics. I've gotten um, just messages just that were just very outlandish. And I'm just like, see, and this is why y'all don't get a course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is sad to say that you do have people lower on the totem pole that that's how they yeah. operate because they don't they don't have that higher level thinking. They don't have like the understanding. Like you send a girl a random dick pic like she doesn't even know who you are. She doesn't want it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or you say something out the blue nine times out of 10, like 9.999 times out of 10. Like you look, I'm speaking from experience. You turn a woman on from like turning her mind on first. So like you just doing all of this stuff out the random, you just look thirsty and it just makes you look dumb. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe starting with something like as a disclaimer, like this is not a sex offering. This is not based around sex. This is not free booty. This is to teach you how to be in touch with your intimacy. And then that can filter them out right then and there. And of course, they're going to still be ones they're going to try. But, you know, you put that out there to start off, you know? Yeah. So I I have, honestly, I have the name. I I know what I want to call the course. I know what I want. I'm not going to say it because it will speak for itself. Oh yeah, but, can't wait. Uh, can't wait I, to see. I, oh, oh, trust me, it's a, it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good one. But the way that I'm actually, um, how I'm going to present this is, I will more than likely make it a co-ed type of event because, believe it or not, the um, in in the dating world and just in our society, more women are doing the research for the man anyway. So by having a co-ed course it's going to bring in those people that want to, you know, learn more, especially the the women that want to learn like, Oh wait, 
what is this? You can make a man do what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me interested. Yeah. Wait, wait, what are we talking about? So I like, again, with intimacy, it involves vulnerability. So of course it's going to, I'm going to tackle like how to identify your love languages, how to identify, identify your seduction styles. Yep, We're those going are to big tackle. Ones. Those are big yes. ones. Yes. Because a lot of times our society has programmed men to not want to get in touch with their feelings and it makes them, um, what's it called? Um, is it um, hyper masculine? I think yeah, so that, that's like a good way to explain it. Hyper masculine or um, I know which word you're talking about because I'm, I'm seeing it in my mind, too. But it, it's yeah. It, yeah, I can't I can't think of it, but it's making um, it's making men be too, too much in their masculine energy. And that's where you start getting these controlling and all this other all this other like bullshit. Right. Right. And I believe that everybody has masculine and feminine energy within them. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a delicate balance between the yeah, two. Yeah, exactly. You have to balance it. And in order to balance it, you have to be in touch with your feelings. Like there's no if, ands, or buts. And it's not saying to be hyperly sensitive to things. It's saying that you know that something makes you sad. Cry if you gotta cry. If tears are 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 forming behind your eye sockets, cry, release. Well, crying is is a whole release mechanism. And but what do we tell boys? Don't cry. You seem weak. Don't do that. You seem like a woman. Blah 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 blah. blah. Like yeah, that was, that was gonna it, be my question to you. Like, would do you say? Would you say that there is a difference between how men experience experience intimacy compared to how a woman experiences intimacy? Yes and no. So like with some things like finding your love language and like things like that, like th that doesn't matter about what your gender is like. It's it's like your love language is your love language. Right. Right. But I feel as far as really how to tackle the actual work that you have to do. In my opinion, it's going to be a little bit different when addressing men versus addressing a woman with it in the sense of if I were to say, hey, look in the mirror and find three things that you love about yourself. You're probably going to look at me and be like, and, and you might probably not say it out loud, but in your head it's going to be like, I want to do this girly shit. I mean, it, I hate to say it like that. I grew up with brothers. This look. Yeah, it, it's, it's the approach. It's the approach yeah. that matters, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, like I, there, there, are things, there are activities that I would personally try to do a little bit differently. And two, I will actually want to bring in a male expert on that. Because, again, I like to teach from experience. I can give you my experience all day, but I cannot teach a man how to be a man. And in, in, in not in society sense, but in the sense of how to understand yourself, how to access your vulnerabilities i personally will not be able to do that because i do not identify as a man yeah that's fair that's definitely and fair. and so like i like said i i was mapping out everything how everything was going to work and then and at like because i did a facebook ad for something that didn't have anything to do with with men and i had men in my in my inbox and i was just like see and this is why this is going to be a little delayed yeah, but they're they're attracted to the twerking and uh, the physical no, aspect of it. No, no, I didn't put that on. I did not put that on the flyer at all. It was just me smiling. Oh, how was I like this? It was just me smiling, fully clothed. Yeah, I mean, look, men are going to be attracted to a beautiful woman regardless of what she's doing, <laughs> what she's selling. So <laughs> I know, I know. But I I want to get on to the next topic because I don't want us to run out of time. Um, for y'all listening, we had some technical difficulties on <laughs> Zoom. They tried to cut us off. But uh, <laughs> the last topic that I wanted to talk about how can some how can somebody go about assessing their current level of intimacy and what are some things that they can do to work on if they don't decide to hire you as an intimacy specialist but like if they want to work on these things on their own where's a good place to start for someone okay see this was a really really good question i already told you i was still in this one take it as long as it works for you i'm happy <laughs> um so a way to assess your current level of intimacy 
is asking yourself, okay, what brings me joy, peace, and happiness? And when you identify those things, and, and it's going to be hard because what I forgot to add in there is what brings you joy, peace, and happiness outside of other people and things. So like for me, for instance, something that brings me joy, peace, and happiness is crafting things, is making things, baking, um, dancing, just being in that element of just nurturing myself. Because I notice when I'm crafty, like that's how I express myself. But you have to identify those things. And if you say, okay, my, um, my thing is dancing, but you haven't danced for yourself in years, that's a good way to assess like, damn, I, I need to, I need to up this. I need to up my game, um, my self-care game. Because I, I find that when we talk about self-care, we talk about like the physical, we talk about going to the spa, we talk about massages, we talk about getting our hair done, things like that. But when you think about self-care as far as like actually nurturing yourself, that's when it's like, oh, well, I haven't crocheted in a while or I haven't danced in a while. Maybe I need to start doing that. And if that even that doesn't bring you joy, peace and happiness anymore, you might want to figure out why and start asking yourself, OK, if this doesn't, then what does? And that's when I would definitely uh, say that, that that's where this intimacy journey work is it's hard, it's simple, but you have to be ready to do it. And sometimes it takes other people helping you. Now with me, I can I can give you the homework to do, but you can go find a, um, a, a, a therapist, a counselor, like that's okay. Seeking therapy, I've, se- I've sought a therapist before. Seeking therapy is okay to help you navigate these questions. Because I know they can be hard and sometimes you can be holding on to traumas and triggers that you may not be aware of until it's, it comes time for you to be happy. And you're just like, I don't want to be happy because of this trauma that happened to me when I was nine years old. And because we, we bury so much stuff. And that's the thing about me. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's, this is the easiest thing to do. This is actually one of the hardest things to do to really understand yourself to really be vulnerable to really to really say to yourself you know what maybe i was the toxic one but instead of living in that that title because you know like a lot of people today are like oh yeah we in a toxic relationship these are relationship goals here and i'm like Clutch my pearls. Who want that? <laughs> it is because social media has made it so popular and people are finding the next trendy thing that they could put out there and value that more than the relationship. So if if it means that, oh, we need to come on, babe, we need to portray that we have toxicity in our relationship. And whole time, these couples that have these toxic relationship Instagram couple pages, they're not like that in real life. They're just doing it because they know that is bringing attention to them. And you're basically chasing and modeling your relationship, sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously on something that's not even real. And then that's where it falls in with those categories. Right. Right. And again, that's, that's why I'm trying to break these barriers. Like who, cause who wants that? Or even like, like I said, I think I mentioned this before, but there's so much power in your words and like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. But like certain nicknames, it's like, why are you calling people stink? Yeah, I, I've never liked that. Like, mm-mm. that's yeah. because <laughs> if somebody called me that, I would be self conscious and be like, do I stink? Like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I, w- I would, because again, so much power in our words or like, um, like chunk it or like uh oh. see i don't do negative nickname words so i don't i don't know but I, just, but I mean again like you know where that comes from it comes from people seeing it and hearing it 
in social media. So they're like, oh, that's the name of affection. I'm going to call my bae that. I'm going I'm to call them that. I'm going to use stink. Hey, stink. You know, if, yeah. if you want to take it a step further, that's my, I don't have the sensor button. Hold on. You know, that's my, or hey, that's my, you know, people use that word negatively too, or, you know, you can keep it going. But it's just because, like, are you doing that because that is what your relationship uses as means of affection? Or are you basing that because people in social media, like I said, a false sense of reality are doing it. So you think that that's cool and that's OK. Right. Or like sneaky link and like things like that. Like, why? I don't know. Why? <laughs> so weird. Man, that's crazy. That is crazy. Um, but I definitely think that all of these things are important. Um, we kind of ended up in this realm of relationships and things like that, but, but that's okay because I think that that needed to be talked about and that's part of expressing your intimacy and that's part of being able to be okay with that. Um, and those are things that a lot of people, and it just brought to light in my mind, like, wow, like we do base a lot of things off of social media and what we see on the internet and don't base it off of what do you like? What do you really value? What really makes you feel special? And if you're always worrying about that, then guess what? You are going to always be the weird person. But being the weird, quirky person is okay. Like me, people say I'm weird all the time. People say I'm crazy. <laughs> but that's okay. I'd rather be weird and crazy and happy than to be conformative and miserable. Right. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. But honestly, it... It took me doing all this work on myself, um, internal work, y'all. Like I'm, I'm natural, <laughs> but like, like I gotta emphasize that. Right, she's a know. she's a natty, natural body, natural beauty. Don't get it yeah, twisted. <laughs> um, but I, I had to do all of this to understand that I am very beautiful and. I had to feel comfortable in my own skin, especially when I started getting in front of the camera. I feel like like becoming a model was something I always wanted to do. Like when America's Next Top Model came out, like I pictured myself, you know, being on those shoots. Well, not all of them, because if you put a spider, a, a snake or some crazy shit like that near me, you want a reality <laughs> TV moment? You gonna get one. But that's where you that's where you get like the true authentic reaction. Like, you know, say, all right, we got something that we're gonna use as a prop. Don't freak out. But however you react, we're gonna catch it on camera. And I might pull out a snake, but just be like, and put the nah. snake. Nope. <laughs> I will lose that challenge and say, I don't give a damn if this happens in the real world. But but then the, apparently there are a lot of like problems with that show anyway. But I say all that because like I wanted to always model. I I started to get more into it um, because my friend uh, Samia, she Samia Minix lover. She's like, if if I say that I need I need like a um, like I, I I need a photo shoot done, and it it has to like break the internet. That's why I like to call it. I usually go to her because for some reason every time I, we take pictures. We've been breaking the internet. So. I'm going to have to hit her up then and see what she's doing to break the internet because I haven't broke the internet yet. So Yeah, yeah. She, that. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I, what I like to say to her. Um, but she was the one um, in high school. She had her camera out. Um, I, I <laughs> we, we actually did like a, a, a then and now type of pictures a couple of years ago. And, you know, I was I, I had fun doing the photo shoot, got bit by a lot of mosquitoes. I still remember that. But, mm. you know, I wanted to do it and I got to college and I I still was doing it. And I joined something called Model Mayhem. Yeah, I, and, I know about Model Mayhem. Not too many people yeah. use it nowadays, actually, believe it or not. Yeah, I would like I'm sorry, but I wouldn't use it. I, I like I I used it back then and that was my mistake because even though I I went through what I felt was like the right like verification process of making sure people were legit um I I got scammed by somebody um and he was a predator and like oh, wow. yeah that actually scarred me from wanting to model because it took 
I felt like it took a lot to to get away, if that makes sense, um, because he tried. Long story short, like he he was definitely not a good guy. And it took another photographer reaching out to me to tell me that he was a scammer and and all of this other stuff. And in my head, I was like, but I because back this was back in what, 2009, I want to say, yeah, 2009, you, like, I did the Google search. I, you know, I did, like, nothing weird came up about this guy. So I I thought I was good. Did you, like, and, ask other models and photographers about this person? So this is the thing. I was, I was brand new to this. Gotcha. I, and, and I was told by um, somebody, so because somebody had recommended Model Mayhem to me because I, I saw the stuff that she was doing. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I want to do stuff like that. And um, like the way that was back then, there was no, I didn't know of a way to reach out to other photographers in the area. To, like Facebook was like, you know, in the beginning stages and MySpace wasn't really used for stuff like that. So it's like, there was no way for me to necessarily verify this dude. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. I mean, if you do go back that far, that that was harder, and that is a luxury that we have now. Like, if a photographer hits you up within a minute, ten minutes, you can find out what's the experience like with that person. Now, still gotta take it with a, a grain of salt because there are some right. models out there that still try to you know bash people's names for no reason, for out of spite. But still, you can get a general idea of somebody and like the experience that other people gave them with working with them. Right, right. Because if you Google this guy now, like he's been reported, like oh he, wow, yeah. oh yeah, he's yeah. Taking, he's taking off the scene. Yeah, like he he um, like the business was reported, all that stuff. So that's my biggest thing when it comes to working with photographers, and not saying like I don't, I'll, I'll automatically say no to people I don't know. That's not true. Right. But I am more cautious a lot more cautious now than I was back then. And, you know, uh, like I said, we have the luxury of being in like the community where it's just like, you know, if people are being creepy, like they get called out on that. Yeah. And, that's, that's definitely true. It You'll get called yeah. out all the time. And I mean, more times than none it's it's true. There's some truth to it, you know, but at the same time, there are models out there she didn't get her pictures back fast enough. She didn't like the way you edited or she finds out that you talking to such and such and then they'll try to spite you and do something crazy just because of that. So it goes both ways. Like you have to protect yeah. yourself on both sides as the photographer and the model. Like we can be buddy, buddy, but still protect yourself and be aware of everything going on. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, just to fast forward to now, like, what are some ways that you, I guess, vet the photographers that you decide to work with um, for photo shoots and stuff like that? So it's the vibe. <laughs> like, I start with the, if, if your vibe is cool, I'm like, all right, cool. I'll look at your work. I'll see if we have mutual people in common. And usually, like, the models that I know, like, they typically, like, they'll have, um, they'll post positive experiences, i.e., like, the pictures and stuff like that. I'll make sure, like, I'll still do my Google searches and stuff like that. But usually now the photographers that were to reach out, I'll I'll ask. I'll look at your mutual friends and we have mutual friends in comment and I'll ask another photographer about you. As you like, should. As you should. Or like just not, look, go even on the pictures of the models they tag. Ask them. You don't even have to be yeah. following each other because models are going to look out for each other first. So say, hey, you know, um, I just want to know what your experience is like with such and such. Did you like it? Did you not like it? And they'll tell you. They'll tell you how it went. Yeah. But like for me, if I put, let's say, because, you know, it's the summer around the corner. About to start my swimsuit photo shoots pretty soon. You got to jump in on Beach Babes, by the way. Just a shameless plug. Put that in there. That's, <laughs> that's my swim line. My swim series. <laughs> anyway, shameless plug. Putting that out there. But like. If I'm do, if I if I post something in a swimsuit and you're a photographer, this is and this might be a me thing, but I feel like it's kind of creepy if you slide into my DM saying nice pic. You don't po you don't comment, you don't like anything else but that. That's creep vibes to me. Mm. So, I've actually had a few photographers do that and I this is not to be shady, but I 
didn't respond for real. And I, I put you in the creep category. Like I won't work with you. Even if you, even if I know you, but if you're coming at me like that, like I, that goes out the window because now you're only interested to fo- photograph my body. You're not interested in actually working with me as a model. Right. That's and respectable. Plus, yeah. Sometimes I don't know where people's galleries be. So I also don't want to be part of your creepy gallery. Even though you give me pictures, I don't also want to be part of your creepy gallery. If I don't know how you're, like, you know what I mean? I don't know how you're utilizing the pictures. Mm-hmm. So, but I also, you know, I look at what you're doing and if what you're, if what you're doing, it doesn't make sense for what you're asking me to do. Like, no, no, you're not taking pictures of me in my swimsuit and you um, only take pictures of like sporting events. Like the, the fuck? Mm, yeah. That's a red flag. You only take pictures of like products and all of a sudden, Hey, let's do a bikini shoot. Where's your portfolio? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like if, if you had a diverse portfolio, then <laughs> let's talk. But if you like, no, but that's that's like, you know, uh, like one way that I like to vet, like just the vibes, I'll reach out. Um, but also to like, I'll, I'll like I said, I'll look at your portfolio. I'll look at um, I'll do my Google search. I'll, I'll look at I'll look up your company. Like I, I now is I don't play when it comes to working with people. Yeah, if there's, I don't, there's if nothing I wrong not, with that. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that at all. Yeah, if I haven't if I've never worked with you and you reach out and there's no legitimacy behind what you're trying to do, then I'm probably not going to work with you or I'll wait to see what else you're going to do. Because there was there's some people that have hit me up that I was skeptical about, but now I'm actually reconsidering. However, it, it, when I say I'm reconsidering, that's on the, um, I, I still don't trust this vibe because the vibe you have given me is creeper vibe. So, but, uh, but to like, if I don't know you and feel very uncomfortable, but it's something that, you know, talking to other people, they're like, you're cool to work with. I'll probably bring somebody with me and I'll make sure that, you know, I'll just let them know, like, please just, just be here with me. You don't have to say anything. I just need you to be here. Yep. Um, That type of thing. And that's like, that'll show like, okay, if a photographer is tripping about you bringing somebody, that's something to consider and to look into. That's a red flag. Not always, but sometimes, I mean, Everybody has their own situations going on. Like, you know, they may shoot out their house and may not want a lot of people there. Uh, that's understandable. But if it's like a hard, oh, my gosh, why you have to bring somebody? I, I know a photographer who is he's like, oh, no, you're not. It's only me and you. Like, he even had people leave because he was like, yeah, it's just going to be me and you here shooting. That's creepy. That's weird. And, you know, people <laughs> like that give photographers that do things like boudoir, implied, things like that, a bad rap. Yeah, um, but that that's crazy. I totally agree with that. And um, I appreciate you sharing your viewpoint on how to find a model, sharing your viewpoint on intimacy, sensuality, and appreciate having you on the show. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here because Zoom is kicking us off anyway. <laughs> so we're going to wrap it up in 10 minutes or less, hopefully less. Um, so let the people know where they can find you. Where can they find your business, your Instagram, anything like that that you want to put out there? Yeah. So again, thank you for having me on. Like, I feel like you can make like a whole series out of this, but yeah, there there's definitely um, might be a part two to this one here. Right. <laughs> right. So you can find me on Instagram um, for twisted intimacy under twisted underscore intimacy, twisted underscore intimacy you'll see my face all up and through that page uh you can find my main um like my personal main igs in monk 90 um don't be creepy that's all i ask (laughs) that will move you in a heartbeat you can find phoenix crochet designs that's phoenix crochet designs one word you can find mr j gaming at mrj underscore gaming llc um oh goodness i'm trying to be uh facebook just look up Twisted Intimacy. You'll see my face. Uh, you'll uh, same with Phoenix Crochet Designs and Mr. J Gaming. You'll you'll yeah. It's it's a good time. Like I and don't be scared to reach out if you have a question or two. Or I do pick my brain sessions as well. So you know you could just book one of them and we can talk for like forty five minutes <laughs> about whatever. It'll be a one to one type of thing. Um, but please remember to especially with 
the type being an intimacy and sensuality expert. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I can't diagnose you with anything. I will, I will be the first to refer you to somebody else. I'm, I do educational type of classes, classes, not classes to diagnose you with anything, but you will get a lot of helpful advice. You will definitely see a change within yourself, especially in your confidence and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I can, trying. I can definitely, uh, see all of that and I'll make sure that I put all of that information in the show notes. So that way everybody can find all of your mini hats, no matter what resonates with them. And that way we can keep this thing growing. Um, cause that's pretty much why I created this platform to be able to highlight and bring people to like within the creative space that do, you know, photography, modeling, Crochet, all of that stuff is within the creative space. And being in touch with your intimacy, uh, that's creative because you have to be able to understand that creatively. So that's that's why I started Shot and Chop on Instagram and eventually moved it to the podcast format to be able to have these longer, long form conversations and get a better understand understanding of what different people do. Right, right. And I appreciate this because like I said, it this this is definitely a very good conversation. And this is like a whole vibe, but it also is very helpful to talk from the different perspectives of you being a photographer and me being a model. With some things, it's just like, well, you know what? I didn't think of it like that. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, different viewpoints are good. It's healthy to have. Um, I wouldn't even say conflicting because on a lot of stuff you say, I'm on the same page with you, but just mm-hmm. seeing it from a different point of view and um, tying it all together. So that way the audience, anybody listening, um, if they're aspiring models, if they're just women maybe struggling with their intimacy or their confidence, like being able to hear this episode, I think that this will be good information for other people to be able to listen to. Right, right. And that's what it's all about. Like, because again, who wants to be miserable and like be able to shine? You know what I mean? Like we should all be comfortable with who we are and what we like and, and all of that. So Absolutely. I'm all about helping people grow in that way. Same here. Same here. And uh, whenever you're ready, I can be a guinea pig for like your male intimacy class. I'm all for it. I'm all in there. <laughs> all right. Like I said, I already got, I know the name of it. I, already, I got I'm the ready. name down. I'm ready. I, if you need a guinea pig, if you need somebody to test it out, you know, the, I'm, I'm, I'm in there. I'm in there. Look, my hips don't lie. And I'm ready to party tonight. I got you. <laughs> Yeah, I got you the movie. make a clip of that? <laughs> I got you. I got the moves, you know? I, look, look, don't underestimate me because I'm a photographer. I can still get down with like James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, you probably will be part of the guinea pig crew because, and, oh, and that's the other thing too. I, I didn't mention like the age range for this. Um, so... The age range that I like to target is between 25 and 35. However, I've noticed that, well, let me put it like this. If you're over the age of 18, I can work with you. If you're younger than 18, I I don't think you Mm -mm. might have asked your parents. Mm -mm. Look, no minors. I don't shoot minors. Nope. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, But typically I found that between 25 and 35, uh, that's usually like the, the the age range of people where they're they're finding themselves or yeah. trying to find themselves. Yeah, I was just about but, to say that finding themselves yeah. and evolving too, because like you're, you get a little more income, you're you've had experience, right. you got time behind you, you know, you right. you gotten out of school, you you you're doing more stuff that now you have the time to think about. Hmm, am I happy? Like, what is my intimacy like? I don't know. Let me think about that. And yeah, this is the time. Yeah. And then like also my little data analytics and stuff that is, that's what they showed me um, was like the ideal range. However, I right now I have women in my classes that are of all age ranges. And when I say it's it's very empowering to see that right now, because I'm just like, I didn't even think, oh, wow, I didn't think I could target this audience, you know. Um, especially an older audience because of the um, some of the ideals, ideals and things like that, that, you know, our society likes to program um, in in women from that age range. Right. So it's it's very good to see them in my classes and they're all they're everybody down. Everybody wanted like 
want to do their hip circles, want to learn like how to move their body. So <laughs> y'all can't see me right now, but I'm getting down. Hey, hey, I'm in tune. I'm in tune. So you just just let me know. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, but I'll definitely let you know when uh, when that course starts to come out because when. I- the name is is going to say it all. Okay. But then, but I like to name things where it's like catchy. So this one's gonna be catchy, and everything. But yeah, okay. I'll let you know. All right, sounds like a plan. But thanks again for coming on the show and uh, chopping it up with me. And um, I'm gonna catch you later. All right. Thank you. 